Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Kashif Booth podcast. If you're new here, each week I sit down with a guest and we discuss their career so far, the highs, the lows and what's next for them. Today's guest is Reggie Williams. He is a director and writer from New York. And yeah, we met back in 2019 at the Black Web Fest and it's great to have him on the show and be able to catch up. So how are you, Reggie? I'm doing good, Kashif. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. You're welcome. As I was telling you just before we start recording, like we met when you your organization called the Black Film Space did a workshop, a screenwriting workshop at Black, Black Web Fest. And it was a really great screenwriting workshop. You know, I remember one of the filmmakers there, he submitted his script and we all read it aloud and gave feedback. And it was such a great, uh, just a great experience to be able to you know being essentially like in a writer's room and that was really cool so yeah so tell us about you Reggie like how did you start in this industry as like a writer director yeah so it started a, a while ago um back uh when I was about 18 19 years old um I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do but I was like I'm really interested in making movies so let me go to film school so I ended up transferring to Emerson College, which is right in the middle of Boston. It's a really great uh, film school. Um, and I ended up studying writing for film and television, performing a lot of stand-up comedy at the time, wanting to be like a Chris Rock type of, uh, you know, entertainer. And, um, you know, over time, I, I ended up moving to New York City. I stopped performing stand-up comedy, or as I like to tell people, I retired. I did do it for about four, four and a half years. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to stay in the entertainment industry. So I was like, let me learn it, how to direct. Um, so I ended up interning at a documentary production company. Um, and from there, I, I ended up making a documentary and, and uh, shooting uh, wedding videos and, and music videos, and eventually um, you know, created my own short film, Anomalous Love. Amazing, amazing. And how did you come up with Anonymous Love? Like, what, what was the, the motivation behind it? Yeah, and I, I do have to correct myself. It's, it's in Anomalous Love. Oh, okay. Um, and, that's, and that's basically, uh, I had this idea of, you know, what it would be like to date an older woman, mm -hmm. a woman who's like 15, 20 years older than myself. And is that something that is realistic? Like, what would it be like to be in that sort of relationship? Um, you know, because a lot of men date younger women, but it's it's doesn't happen as often when men date older women. So I'm just really fascinated by that. And I'm fascinated by um, love stories that are unlikely uh, to kind of last. And um, so I just kind of played around with that idea. And, and I was like, you know, I really, I'm really fascinated with this, this sort of story. Um, I want to make a feature film. I haven't made the feature film, but I made the short film as, as a template um, to get more experience directing, um, get my name out there, get this, this film out there. And um, yeah, that's how, that's how it came about. Nice. And was it based on your own like experience? Have you dated an older woman before? <laughs> I typically tell people I've dated a woman who's, you know, 75 years old. And then, then I, then I hold, <laughs> I hold the straight face for about 10 seconds and people are like, are you serious or not? No, I, I haven't, I haven't done that, but, um, but it is it, something that, 
that fascinates me, you know, because there are people out there who are in these sort of relationships and they and they make it work. Um, and to me, I find that to be very fascinating. No, I agree because, you know, you do see some women who are maybe 10 years older than their husband and stuff. Like when I think about celebrities like Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, like she's older than him. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it is a thing, but it's so much more common to see a man older than a woman by sometimes 10 years or 20 years. So it is quite interesting, especially because it's like a black couple as well. So, you know, yeah. it's not really discussed that much in the black community. So it's good to see that you kind of explored that. So, yeah. So how has it been doing in like uh, since you put it out there? Did you put it in the festival run? Like what happened since you put it out? Yeah, I think it did pretty well, especially since this was my first film where that I wrote and directed. Like I had made content before where um, I was writing, producing or acting and I did sketches. But, you know, this is my first short film that I wrote and directed. Um, I'm very proud of it. I think it looks, you know, good. I think it's a it's a solid piece of work. Um, it did screen at um, Urban World Film Festival as well as Pan-African Film Festival and the Roxbury Film Festival. So um, I think those are solid film festivals uh, to get into. Nice, that's really good, that's really good, that's really good. And do you have any uh, films in development at the moment? Like what else have you got coming up as well? Yeah, so I'm writing the feature length version of An Anomalous Love, um, and I'd like to shoot that soon within a year or two mm-hmm. um but right now i'm working on a web series mm-hmm. uh that i uh, i'll be shooting in september of 2021 um and it's about five roommates who are struggling to um who, who it's about five roommates who want to be better than average but are sh- struggle to get there and it's a comedic web series satirical it's edgy it's ridiculous that sort of thing sounds good sounds good and how have you been able to fund your projects like anonymous love and your upcoming web series and then eventually the feature film of anonymous love right now uh i'm Mm self-funding um so i self-funded in anomalous love i'm I'm gonna self-fund this web series um and right now i prefer to self-fund um because it's just it's it's quicker rather than like trying to raise money um find investors um and these are these are like pet projects that i i i want to have um you know 100 percent control over but soon enough i i i could very well do a crowdfunding campaign or start looking for like investors and, and grants and stuff like that Okay, that's really good. I mean, I totally understand. I've self-funded the majority of my projects because it is quicker. And the quickest way to build your reputation in this industry is to just make it yourself instead of waiting around for funding because they won't even want to give you the money if you haven't done anything because they're going to say, well, how do we know you can pull it off? So that makes total sense. How much did it cost you to fund like your projects so far? Anomalous Love was about close to ten thousand oh, wow. dollars. Yeah, wow. it's close to ten thousand. Yeah. Wow. I mean, to self-fund a ten thousand dollar like project, I put my hands up to you. I mean, that is amazing. Thank you. I mean, I with my projects like 
I mean, I did web series as well, but I was able, I probably spent in total 20,000 pounds, UK pounds um, mm. on it. But then I did like three web series. So I was able to at least spend about four to 5,000 pounds per season on it. So yeah, but wow, to do that for that's one show is amazing. So that's really, really good. Okay. So like I mentioned before, I also know that you're the co-founder of the Black Film Space. How did that come about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it's crazy. Um, Londe Youssef is the other co-founder of Black Film Space, and I Facebook friended her. Um, I did not know who she was, and and you know she was like, "Oh, you're a filmmaker, blah blah blah." She, you know, and we ended up meeting up for lunch to talk shop. During that lunch, we talked about our goals, what we thought of the entertainment industry as it pertains to Black people, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Hey, we should bring our." our colleagues together, our black colleagues together for a happy hour. And we did that. And then when we, you know, it was a good turnout, like 40 something odd people. And people were like, when is the next event? So we put together a screenwriting workshop and and they were like, when's the next event? So we put together a directing workshop. Um, And then it just snowballed from there. And and it was very organic. Um, People, you know, we're very appreciative and they said this is, they need this. Um, and, and Londe and I, you know, we're on the same page and still have been on the same page about, about our vision for, you know, black creatives and, and how to um, offer opportunities and, and uh, yeah, offer opportunities for black content creators to grow. That's really good. And when did you start it? When did you launch the Black Film Space? This was um, October 2015 was our first event. So it was almost six years ago. That's really good. That's really good. I mean, to me, it really is a great uh, community and organization you've created, because even though I just had a workshop, I joined in at Black Web Fest uh, in 2019. Like, I just knew that that's such a great space for Black creators, because sometimes you know it's really hard for you to network with other creatives you know and at least you can come to a place and bounce off ideas of each other and help improve your script or your film or your show whatever you're working on and I think that's what was really good about it and it wasn't a space where people were being rude it was really a sense of community and that's what was really Mm -hmm. good because yeah you're going to get feedback but there's always a way of like being constructive as well so I think that's really good so like what is what plans do you have next for it because it's been six years I'm sure you've been affected by COVID um like everyone so like have you been able to like overcome that and what have you got planned for the future yeah in regards to COVID um it, it actually has worked out uh, to our benefit in regards to just growing the community, um, you know, because we're we're based in New York and we had hosted one event in LA right before COVID. Mm-hmm. But during the pandemic, you know, everyone's at home, people are looking for things to do um, and, and people still want to be active in some way or another. So we were able to um, grow the community outside of New York and LA um, you know, we had people from Canada, from the UK, um, from Nigeria, from different cities in America, Atlanta, Chicago, um, et cetera, coming to our events and, and becoming members. Um, so earlier this year, we did launch um, a membership plan where folks can pay, um, you know, monthly or annual subscription 
subscription and get into events for free and be eligible for grants, be eligible for our, our mentorship program. So, you know, the first five, four or five years, you know, um, for the most part, our, our mission was just like programming, which is, which is, you know, I, you know, great. Um, but as we're moving into this nonprofit space and looking to grow as an organization, um, we do want to offer um, like significant career changing opportunities. So, so more grants, more mentorship programs, um, just programs that, you know, we want to act as a pipeline to the industry. So we want to be able to give resources or give opportunities for black filmmakers to learn and to connect with each other, but then also give direct industry pipeline opportunities um, to folks that have been doing this for a while and that are part of our community. That sounds really good. That sounds really good. I mean, that is what, that's the best thing I feel like to do as a black creative to like, not only just help yourself, but then also help uh, create opportunities for other black people, because we know how non-diverse this industry is. And so just to create that branch or, you know, to be able to allow somebody to get in good. And I mean, it just seems like it's just the beginning. I know you've been doing it for six years, but you guys are going to continue to grow and grow. So that's really good. So like, what are some of your inspirations? Like as a director, whose work do you really are inspired by, or you'd love to, you know, get to their level of success? Um, as far as like filmmakers, there's, it's interesting. There are filmmakers that inspire me, but I don't, I don't really like their work. Okay. I like their work ethic. Mm -hmm. And then there are filmmakers that, there's a few filmmakers that I, I'm like, I would love to have my work be kind of like that. So um, uh, I really like Woody Allen's work. Mm -hmm. um, I, one of my favorite movies is Annie Hall and I would love to make something that is funny and intelligent and sophisticated but also really well respected. Wow. Um, I really like, you know, silly, witty comedies. I want to be able to go in between like something sophisticated and, and witty and romantic to also just something absurd and stupid. And um, I really, you know, like Woody Allen's work. Um, as far as like filmmakers that I, I respect, um, I would love to have an audience like Tyler Perry, like someone that is, um, has a really uh, core audience that are gonna, that's gonna support him no matter what, um, that sort of audience. But honestly, I, I, I would love to have a large audience, but that, that's not what really drives me because that'll, if I focus too much on that, it'll, it'll uh, I think it might lead me down the wrong path in life. So I, I, I want to make great work. I do want an audience, uh, but I don't, I don't want to be obsessed with like being an A-list director, Right. you know? Yeah. Oh, that's really good. And what would you say is your aesthetic and style as a writer director as well? Um, I would say kind of what I, what I said earlier, um, as a writer, uh, my sense of humor is is absurd. Like this web series I'm working on, it it's absurd. It's politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. um, it's satirical. 
but a film like an anomalous love is it's a bit more sophisticated it's a bit more witty like a lot of the some of the jokes may, people may not even get at all it's very very niche sort of uh style of writing a lot of, it's very dialogue heavy um film is film is a visual medium yeah. right now i'm i'm writing very dialogue heavy mm-hmm. um I, i'm that's one of my strongest uh abilities is to is to write good dialogue okay and as a writer do you ever just write projects and then give it to someone else to uh, direct or do you like to just write and direct your own stuff i prefer to write and direct yeah okay. i mm-hmm. i want to have control over, <laughs> over my <laughs> writing yeah i mean okay, a certain that's... way i want it to look yeah yeah, yeah. i totally understand and have you also directed other people's work or you just stick to your own as well uh i haven't directed other people's work i've directed a few music videos okay. um but i haven't like directed a, a scripted narrative um project yet i don't know if that's something i really want to do i mean if someone offered me you know a lot of money or good money then i'd Mm -hmm. I'd be open to it Mm -hmm. but i i i have so many ideas that i'm like i i really want to get out there um that my priority is to is to you know direct my own writing Mm -hmm. and as a writer director because i know you're working on a web series and then you're also working on the anonymous love feature film what do you prefer tv or film like to go forward and you make money and somebody's offering you like millions of dollars to make something what would you do a film or a show that's such a good question and i'm i'm torn in between because when i was growing up i really wanted to have a sitcom and i i just love the idea of watching characters evolve over Mm -hmm. multiple seasons like six seven eight nine seasons yeah but if I had to choose, it would be film because I really enjoy the experience of getting out the house, going to the movie theater mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and having like a bunch of people in an audience react to my work or, or another film. You know what I mean? Like, I love that experience. I love going out sometimes i don't even go to the movie theaters i just walk by the movie theaters and there's like a long line of people waiting to go to the movies and like uh cinema just has such a bigger historically i know it's changing as as literally as i'm talking but historically cinema has had such a large impact um culturally um movies typically have a or historically have had a larger impact and I would love that sort of impact you know but you know I understand that uh I, I still think there'll be a market for movie movies you know for the foreseeable future but I you know I understand that it's it's changing yeah I totally understand that like I love tv and I'd love to do a show but then I also want to have the experience of like you know having a film premiere and going to the cinema and having watching everybody react and really engage with what you've put out there and see if they found that bit funny or they really found that part shocking like you know it's just it's just the feel of it you know surround sound yeah. system the massive monitor you know being in the nice seats yeah I totally understand it so yeah, yeah, yeah definitely and 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 like the the no one 
one shoots on film anymore, but like film or people rarely shoot on film, but film was made for the big screen. Like TV is, it's not new, but it's, I mean, film has been around since the late 1800s, early 1900s, whereas TV is like 1950s, 19, you know, like late 1950s, mid 1950s. So it's really made like, this is supposed to be on the big screen, you know, mm-hmm. as much as I love watching TV, I love being at home watching TV. Like this thing is supposed to be on the big screen. Like that's where the magic is, is, mm-hmm. is, is, um, is film. Yeah, exactly. I totally understand. Cause TV, even though it's weird to say it's still relatively new, you know, <laughs> compared yeah, to film, yeah. anyway, it's relatively new. I mean, now TV is treated like film, you know, with such big budgeted productions like Game of Thrones and stuff like they're throwing millions into shows now and they never used to do that so yeah it's competing heavily with tv because look at like wandavision and loki and all these other shows on disney plus like you know they've got such huge budget shows and yeah exact same quality as a film but they're just adapting it but you know nothing beats going to the cinema and watching a good film for two hours you know so i totally yeah totally get that i totally get that that's really cool so where can people find you reggie like to look check out your work and stuff like that yeah you can find me on instagram at pr reggie like p as in pr as in puerto rico although that's not (laughs) what it stands for um pr reggie um and then you can look up black film space on on all social media as well as uh, our website blackfilmspace.com Great. And lastly, before we go, what is the best piece of advice you've received as a writer-director? Oh, I thought you were going to say the best advice I could give. Um, <laughs> well, you could do that as well. It? Yeah, I think I'd rather do that. <laughs> I can't think of anything that I've, that I've received. Um, anything that, you know, I've, no one's heard a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like what I, what I could give would be... Um, Uh, be patient because uh, film is a lifelong journey. So a lot of filmmakers who are like the bigger you know, directors that are working in TV and in film, they're like middle-aged people, you know, like it rarely happens in your twenties and maybe, you know, you can break in in your thirties, but mm-hmm. a lot of times people don't break in until like the late thirties, forties. And nowadays, like, I don't even think, it matters at all like someone can break in at any at any age so um and it takes time to get really good you know it takes time to get really really good so be patient it's a lifelong journey great great advice i totally agree i mean this industry is so hard you literally have to either work so hard to get to the top or really just hustle for years and then the opportunity will just come when you least expect it that's just how it is and it doesn't matter what age it is you know you could be 50 and get your big break you know so totally understand that yeah Yeah. great really good advice so thanks again Reggie for joining me on my podcast it was great talking to you and catching up you know hopefully I can come to NYC soon you know this COVID has just blocked all people who aren't American getting into the country so hopefully I can come to NYC soon and come to another black film space event because that'd be really really cool so yeah so thanks again guys for tuning in uh you can follow me all on my socials at the Kashif Booth podcast or Kashif Booth Entertainment Thanks again, guys.